As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Sales almost feels like you're trying to convince somebody to do something that they're unsure about doing. And rather than giving people the guidance to make the decision based on all the variables that, that are at play. And so I think that that's, I guess, the different approach in the sales aspect is really, you know, I'm, I'm a guide in the journey, you know, and I'm, I'm guiding you through the experiences that I've had, the pitfalls, you know, the failures in order to help you succeed without having to do what I've done or succeed in the aspect of not having to fail like some of previous clients that have because they made this mistake. Welcome everyone to Beyond the Image, the podcast dedicated to equipping you with the tools, strategies, and insights to unlock the success that you deserve. My name is James Patrick and I'm an internationally published photographer, best-selling author, entrepreneur coach, and your host on this journey to push past all of the surface level limitations holding you back. The real change we seek is just beyond the image in front of us. To get there, we're going to craft our vision, we're going to live with purpose, and we are going Going to create legacy. Are you ready? Let's go. All right, listeners, we're going to be diving into something that I guarantee makes every single one of you a little bit uncomfortable, which is we're going to be talking all things sales. And I get to chat with a dear friend of mine. He's an investment specialist. He's a real estate strategist, but he's also a sales master, Steve Valentine. Steve, how are you doing today, buddy? What's up, James? Oh, always, always a pleasure to chat with you. You're someone that, you know, and, and, and we'll get into your story here shortly, but you and I, we've known each other, um, four or five years now. And one of the people who you just are able to conceptualize things and you just are able to make things so, so manageable, so down to earth and how you look at really business growth. But also one of the things I, I admire so much about you is just how you, how you look at personal development. So I'd love to dive into your backstory a little bit about the work you do and, and really what got you to elevate yourself as an entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's uh, that's a fun topic. It's a long road, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, you know, just, uh, you know, background was I came out of the automotive field into the real estate industry when I was 20 and uh, worked with, you know, one of my heroes in the business, which was my dad taught me a lot. We had uh, some major, you know, we, we were an awesome real estate team for a long time, then had some major financial blows and that 2007 timeframe when everybody else did. And, uh, we, my wife and I went a separate direction from my parents, which was very heartbreaking with the family. And then, um, 
moved into our own real estate space and the business has just kind of grown from that aspect. And, uh, you know, we, I really learned to dive in. You talk about sales, you know, I really, I hate the real estate industry from the standpoint of the sales aspect. Um, and I really dove deep into the relationship selling, I guess is what I call it. And relationship capital is really what uh, has been the cornerstone of my success over the years. You know, you bring up a really interesting point about this, which is, you know, the thing that I think really paralyzes so many entrepreneurs is that they feel that selling is such a foreign practice for them that that by selling that they're they're really adopting the role of you know the the used car salesman or mm-hmm. the 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 telemarketer the spam emailer the person who's going door to door who's trying to really get people to part with their own finances and you know what you said is like no selling is about creating relationships. So I'd, I'd love for you to unpack a little bit more about that because you really are hitting the nail on the head that t- to sell is to have great relationships with the people that you're trying to serve. Yeah, I think uh, I was reading um, Donald Miller's A Story Brand or Building a Story Brand, which is one of my favorite books. And I remember him making the comment, which really, really hit home for me is, especially in my industry is, you know, are you, are you the hero or is your client the hero? And do you want to be the guide or the hero? And it really changed my mindset. And a lot of the talking points with people is that, look, I'm here to guide you through the process of buying and selling and investing in real estate, but I, I'm not here to be the hero. It's not, Hey, look at me and look what I did. And I think when you go back to the sales aspect, I think most people, at least for me, sales almost feels like you're trying to convince somebody to do something that they're unsure about doing. And rather than giving people the guidance to make the decision based on all the variables that, that are at play. And so I think that that's, I guess, the different approach in the sales aspect is really, you know, I'm, I'm a guide in the journey, you know, and I'm, I'm guiding you through the experiences that I've had, the pitfalls, you know, the failures in order to help you succeed without having to do what I've done or succeed in the aspect of not having to fail like some of previous clients that have because they made this mistake. And so the more you go through that, the more you're learning on how to guide somebody through, you know, the, the turmoil and the good and the bad through a real estate transaction or in any transaction, you know, same thing with selling cars or doing what you do. It's really about that that guidance piece. Mm. And I mean, and you know, it's, it's interesting because so many of the listeners of our show, they're selling, you know, we have so many people in the health and wellness space. So they're selling training packages, online courses, uh, maybe they're photographers selling professional services, you know, in, in your work, you sell one of the, really one of the biggest investments individuals can make in a lifetime, which is, you know, you, you specialize in selling homes. Uh, and so I'm just curious, like how you see that the value of that relationship really taking hold on an investment that high that individuals who are selling these lower ticket services or these lower price investments can really start to conceptualize. So I think before you ever sell anything, the relationship has to be created. And how do you create relationship? It's, it's the question is, is what value can I add to this person's life so that I can be the go-to person when they're ready to make that decision. And too many people start out with the sale 
trying to pitch or sell something, but the, the consumer is trying to figure out, well, what value am I paying for and what does it look like? So for me, it takes a long time to build that relationship and give people advice, respond to their text messages before you actually enter that relationship where you can ask for something or ask for the sale. And, you know, that's, that's just what I've seen. So it's adding tremendous amounts of value for free and in order to create that relationship, but you're also creating a trust. And so somebody has to get to know you, which obviously is so much easier these days through social media and getting to know someone and the value you can add to somebody's life before they'll buy a product from you. I love that you said that. Really, the the cornerstone of building effective relationships is answering the question of what value can I add in the lives or in the trajectory and the journeys of the people that I am trying to do business with. And, you know, when we think about sales, I think we get nervous or hesitant with it because it's it's such a transactional perspective. And mm-hmm. the idea of a transactional perspective, I always made it akin to, you know, the really the pursuit of a one night stand. It's it's if you have a business model, let's just say like a fast food restaurant, you are in the transaction model business where it's one one night stand after another. It's instant gratification of the sale. Whereas to flip that and look at, let's say developing a marriage or a long-term relationship, it's about giving before you, you ask to receive. It's about investing in the long-term versus the short-term gratification. It's about establishing trust and rapport and adding value to each other's lives. So you have something that's mutually beneficial versus just a one-sided transaction. I, I just thought that was so interesting how you how you looked at like your goal, first step in relationships is to seek to see how can I add value to this other person's life? Right. I mean, there's, I mean, that's, that's the only way, you know, we, we do business in the real estate side is, you know, I want to figure out, you know, what your goals, what your dreams, what your passions are, because those are all variables in the guidance I'm going to give you. So like in your industry, in the fitness industry, if you don't know those things, not everybody is the same. You know, I'm, I'm not on a journey right now to be, you know, big, bulky, cut and ripped. I want something that is going to be, that fits in my schedule and it fits with what my lifestyle is and doesn't make me comfortable. So you have to figure out what those variables are and what somebody truly wants in life and then, you know, solve for that. And the solve for that is really the guidance. You had mentioned like, you know, you spend a lot of time working with the client on uh, really upfront before you ever get into those sales conversations. I'm curious if you can kind of unpack what that, what that kind of looks like for you is, is really the mission is to develop great relationships versus transactional sales. Okay. So from my industry, you know, it's a, when somebody calls and they say they want to sell their house or they're thinking about moving, you know, my, my first guidance goal is to figure out, okay, so why are you moving? Is it because the house is too small or too big? Is it because you need more bedrooms, you need a different location and why that location impacts where you're going. And so starting to to get a feel for that, but then it's also asking them questions that are so different from my perspective. And that's why, you know, I, I really call myself a real estate strategist because when I sit down with somebody, I want to break it down to see if I can see things that they don't see 
that could impact their long term. So for instance, um, James, if I sat down with you and you're like, hey, you know, my wife and I were thinking about starting a family, we want to sell our house and we want to buy somebody something bigger. Well, I'm first going to break down, well, hey, have you thought about keeping this house? And here's why I would keep this house, because it's going to make a substantial impact on your long-term wealth. And I'll break that down in what it looks like. And then asking the questions, do you have the stomach to keep this as a rental? Do you have some savings? Do you have some things in preparing them to enter into the investment arena in real estate, which by the way, so many people have so many regrets of selling their homes that they could have or should have kept, but they didn't have the guidance to do that. So when, when I sit down with somebody, I want to know what's driving the move, what's driving all those things, because then it creates that deeper relationship. And I know it's because, hey, they've got a sick mom that's moving in with them. So now all these things are a pressing piece of what's going on. It's not just, well, we want to move. Tell me why you want to move. You know, it's... Uh, Tell me why, why you want to lose the weight, why, you know, so all those things, why do you want to get healthier? Why do you want to go? So it's, it's always trying to find that person's why. And then once you know that you can then guide them down the correct path, because if you don't know their why, you don't know the variables. Mm. Tell me a little bit more. Like, I, I love this finding the why, and that leads to finding the variables. Like what do the variables look like? And you had given the, the aforementioned example of, you know, let's just say someone's looking to start a family. And this is, this is obviously, you know, playing into account the, the, the real estate market. Um, what are ways that as a salesperson, you can really explore these variable options with, with someone you're trying to develop that long-term relationship with? Well, I think it's, uh, you know, in sales, it's about asking the right questions mm -hmm. and we, we don't always ask the right questions. And I think in any sale, you have to figure out what are, what are the variables? What are the things that change from person to person? Cause not everybody's the same. So if you're, you know, getting yourself to ask the right questions. So, you know, in, in my business, it's asking the questions of, you know, the finances and getting into assets and money in the bank and what's it going to look like? Can you afford it? You know, can you afford it with a job loss? So it's starting to get them to really think about it because then you're going to eventually ask the right questions that get to the why, um, you know, and that's, that's really like the important part because now you can hone in on when you ask the right question. So let me back up a little bit. If you tell me you want to move and I figure out like maybe your wife is the driving force behind a couple of these things. Well, now there's a focus and I know what those variables are. And the, I also know what the specifics are. And if you know what those specifics are, it gives you the ability to hone in on that variable because what some people say they want, well, in real estate, you know, the old saying is buyers are liars and story, sellers are storytellers um, because buyers never truly know what they want until you dig into the true why and then solve for that variable. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is so true, even, even in, in the coaching business, which is you might have someone who is, you know, really set on going one direction simply because it might be the only option that they have become aware of, or it might right. be the, the thing that's just right in front of them. But when you start to have these conversations to understand really what, what are their driving factors, as you call it, their variables, now you can lay out 
as so, and, and we haven't even gotten to the sale yet. You're just laying out options for them so that they can move forward with clarity uh, in in their in their decision making process. And the fact that you're the person who sought to give them clarity versus just closing them into a sale. Now you're increasing your trust and your resonance with with this with this uh, potentially target client. Yeah, I mean, no matter what industry, so. When, when I look at an equate to houses, anybody that works for me knows, you know, and anybody that I've worked with as a client, I will always tell them up front, I'm not selling you a house. I can't because you are going to feel it. You're going to like it and it's going to be an emotional side. And what I have to do is bring in the business equation where it's not emotional and I have to point out the things that you don't see from the non-emotion, you know, is this a good idea? And I think that that really equates to what you were just talking about when you're talking about coaches, um, you know, the, the job of a coach is to get you to see the things from the non-emotional side and does it make sense? And, you know, we see so much of that where you get somebody that's excited about this widget they're going to create. And then you start asking them questions and then they start seeing different things. And if we don't ask the right questions and we're just like agreeing with them and yes, that's a good idea. And yes, you can do this. You're doing that, that client or that person a disservice rather than questioning their why. Well, I want a three bedroom. Why do you want a three bedroom? Well, because of this. Well, what if this happens? What if pandemic happens and you have to work from home and you could have bought a four bedroom and now you've bought just what you need. So that that's kind of the goal in the sale is to get to those whys, but also question their motivation behind the why. Because some people in sales, they're afraid to ask the questions. They're afraid to challenge what they want. And that's not getting them to the place where they want to be. Mm -hmm. I think about um, years ago, I, because what, what, why this resonates with me is this might mean delaying closing a sale. Um, years ago, I had uh, a potential client who came to my conference and we were during that conference, we were going to be opening up our high ticket mastermind. And this person was, in my opinion, perfect for this high ticket mastermind. Now, I had no idea the financial struggles they were having in their personal life. How could I? Because I hadn't invested in the relationship at that time. Um, had I tried to push them too hard on the mastermind, I would have lost them altogether. Uh, really what we got down to is that they could not financially commit to joining my program. And my position really, I mean, our, our innate position is, well, if you're not in the program, then you're not a client of mine. Why should I serve you? I took the exact opposite approach, which is no worries at all. How can I support you? Let me make sure that I'm sending you articles. Let me make sure that I'm I'm giving you uh, some free resources. Let me make sure that I'm getting you as much content as I, as I can, whether it's my podcast, uh, free guides I'm creating, whatever it is, so that I can support you in whatever way possible so that when you are in a place where you can't invest, that I'm the first person that comes yeah. to mind. Well, yeah. six months later, they're hiring me as their one-on-one -on -one coach. Six months after that, they're joining my mastermind program. Right. I would have lost out on all of that if I had focused just on that short-term gratification from my end as a salesperson of, oh, I just have to close the sale. No, no, no. They're not ready to commit at this time. Let's serve them. Let's nurture them. Let's give as much value into their life as possible. And that way, in whatever time it takes, that they can't not do business with me, if that makes sense.
No, it, it totally makes sense. And that's where, when you talk about sales, it's what's the intention in the real estate business, we call it commission breath. You know, do you, do you seem so motivated to make a sale because of the commission or are you so motivated to create the relationship that they can, can you give somebody the advice that it's not the right time for you to buy a house? It's not the right time for you to sell this house. You should be keeping it because you know, that's where you're giving up a potential paycheck to give the right advice. And if you can go through that in the sales process, I think that's what makes a great salesperson is someone that is not desperate for the sale, but can keep giving advice and walking people through it, but being able to walk away and give somebody the best advice possible for them, because it's not about money. It's about the relationship and it's about growing that person. And it's about doing the right thing because it's right. You hit the nail on the head. And and I can tell with personal experience that I've I have made the mistake of selling something or someone on something that I later regretted selling them on. And it's, it is such a depleting feeling and it's, it's not one that I wish upon anyone, but it's, I think it's one that all entrepreneurs go through at some point, which is, Oh, you know, I think this person can rise to, you know, whatever the, whatever the sale is. And you realize shortly thereafter, mm, I probably should not have sold them on this thing. And, you know, honestly, when I've been in that position, I've actually ended up refunding clients. So you're like, you know what? You're right. You should not have been in this program or, or whatever it might be. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's always, <clears throat> that's always a piece. And I've had to tell people in, you know, my coaching and my, my private coaching stuff where, you know, yes, what I do looks very sexy, but you're not ready to do it. And there's some other things there. Now I can guide you through this, but I also, you also need to understand that you're responsible for what you take out of this. And I think that's mm-hmm. the other side of the sale is that some people want to come back and blame you for selling them something or because of what they bought and what they invested in, but how much passion did they have and how much information did they take and utilize from that, from that purchase? Oh, absolutely. And, and it's, it's, it's such a delicate balance, but this is what we do as salespeople, which is our, our goal. Our mission is to really build as effective as a relationship with, with our audience as possible. And it starts, honestly, I, I truly believe it starts long before you ever even get into the sales conversations. And Steve, one of the things that I, I've appreciated so much about you is you do so much, I would say like you set the foundation to build great relationships before people have even entered into your ecosystem. You do this through the the information that you put out through some of your content marketing for from the, the videos you do the lives you do the just you just put out all this information so that when someone finally does enter your ecosystem they're already almost indebted to the value that you've kind of just given out into the world uh, to try to support people I, I'm, I'm curious if you could share a little bit about your strategy and how you've kind of used content marketing as well as education because you're such an educator to help people uh, even before they even know who you are? Well, I think that, I think that my business and investing in real estate is such a, it's such a sexy topic, right? It's, you know, but part of that has come from the HGTV and all the things that are out there where unfortunately there's a lot of puff and a lot of hype. That's not reality. So, you know, my goal when I'm giving that out is that, 
this is what reality really is. The guy standing there holding, you know, the hundred thousand dollar profit check is not reality. So I'm trying, so I'm trying to bring people down to reality to show like, this is what it takes and this is how hard it is. And this is what we've done. It can be done if you put the work into it, but I want people to also see what, you know, I have so many people, James, that, that call me like, yeah, I want to flip homes. I'm like, no, you don't like, I've done that. Um, I have done it on a huge scale. I mean, we've, we've flipped more than 500 homes in the last five to seven years. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of moving pieces and people just watch HG, HGTV and the numbers aren't real when they break them down. I'm like, eh, that's not real. I can show you what's real, what to expect, what it looks like. And so that's why I started just putting it out there. Kind of, I guess, debunking the myth of what everybody is telling you because it's not real. And um, so from, from the content marketing things, I think it also really, it's really been ingrained into, into me to teach people where to start. That's, that's where people want to know, right? Where, where do I start investing in real estate? How do I do it? Well, it depends on what stage of life you're at. Um, and I'm always a big person of, I won't sell you anything I haven't either bought or have owned or still do own. The reason being is that um, here's an interesting stat for you. Um, so interesting to see the real estate market where you can go get, actually this is even funnier. Let me back up one more. So my kids are in online high school right now mm-hmm. and they have to do 70 hours of these classes for a high school class for like an English for something. And we're sitting there talking with the kids about it. You're like, okay, 70 hours to do this algebra class that you probably want to reuse. And it takes 90 hours to get a real estate license. Hmm. So you got, you went and took 90 hours of real estate and now you can legally go sell somebody a house that you know nothing about. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where I started showing people because most real estate agents, they're, they're, they're salespeople, right? It's, it's the next sale. It's the next person. But very rarely do they own the investment side of the real estate or have they experienced a flip, but they're the first person to sell somebody something that they don't know about for a commission. And so, you know, when I really started doing it, I experimented on myself. I was the guinea pig. And so I've taken the big losses. Um, I've learned a lot of stuff, which I now get to share with the general public. And it's, there's no secret to anything that I do it's just different strategies and how to get there. And, and that's what, that's what I love about just putting the content out. And what's, what's great about where social media is, you know, back to your original question about, you know, packaging things up is that, you know, I've really gone all in this year or this last 18 months on my stories because what the stories have done is given people a quick glimpse into some quick information, some quick tips, and they get to see, and know who I am, both as a family person, as a car guy, as a real estate agent, as an investor. Um, you know, they they tend to love the the nasty houses that I buy and can't believe the stuff that I do on a daily basis. But it also gives that ability for them to get to know who I am and and what my heart really is as well. I'm I'm really glad you brought that up because I. 
if I only on my social channels were to just post photos of my work, you know, just 365 new images in, in a year of my photo work, I'm actually doing myself and my, and my audience a disservice. Uh, right. I'm a firm believer that we have to peel the curtain back to, to allow our audience to get to know who the person is doing the work. Why has that been important to you to kind of peel that curtain back and let people know who Steve Valentine is beyond just a salesperson? Because I think that social media is a lot of false and fake when it comes down to certain people, you know, I mean, we both come from the influencer space and the people that are posting their, you know, stacks, a hundred dollar bills and the sports cars and, you know, all that stuff that is supposed to be the glitz and glamor. And I'm like, you know, and, and, and again, the, it, here's my opinion, show up on social media as you do in person. And so that was something I learned, you know, probably my dad used to give me crap all the time because the real estate business is like, you're supposed to wear nice clothes and, you know, button up shirts and, you know, loafers and I don't know, are loafers still a thing, James? I don't know. Um, but you know, I'm like, Hey, I I'm going to just be who I am, which, you know, I changed my persona to be who I am, which is, you know, it's t-shirts and jeans and a pair of Converse. And that's how I show up on social media. And that's how I'm going to show up at your house because I'm not there to pitch you anything. I'm there to build a relationship. And if that relationship isn't what you want and you want something different from the fancy, the, you know, what you perceive to be somebody successful, that's on you. But I think that, you know, on that, I think that that is something that people need to realize. And I think that God, so many things have changed over the years where, you know, I always love the, the book, The Millionaire Next Door, where they talk about the, the real wealth of people that you don't even know exists because they don't look like the typical millionaire, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just think that people need to get over the fancier somebody is does not mean they're more successful than somebody that, that dumbs it down. And you need to be careful with that. I keep... I keep joking that I want my next ad campaign to to poke <laughs> fun at all the all the 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 memes that we see of the you know the the fancy watches and you know the the nice cars and the the person stepping off the private jet with their little attaché case in their hand and I was just like yeah I wear I wear my my Converse kicks too and I I drive a Subaru that has over 100,000 miles with a cracked windshield and I want photos in front of the Subaru with the cracked windshield uh you know cuz I've I I've, I've been too busy to replace my windshield on my car uh and it's covered in dirt right now why because I I drove it camping not too long ago uh and that that will be my you know stepping out of the the nice car except it'll be a dirty Subaru with a cracked windshield yeah. I mean, that's, we, we've done some of those memes in our business with, oh, you know, with some of the wholesalers and some of the other stuff. And I, I just think if you're, I think you can do both. I think you can show the professional stuff, which is like, you know, in my world, it's, it's the houses, it's some of those things, but I love people to know what they're getting ahead of time. Like there's nothing, there's nothing better than to be able to go on my stories and test drive what you're getting. Um, I'm going to show up as a class clown, you know, that, you know, I'm, I'm goofing with my kids and we're doing silly things and we're doing all those things, but it just kind of gives you an insight to what you're getting. 
And I mean, before, you know, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, you know, somebody would call off an ad that was well put together and they called and then you showed up with a presentation and they really didn't know you. So you actually had a harder time selling somebody versus now, like my welcome email, you know, to potential new clients is like, hey, get to know me. Here's all my social links. Go see and test drive who you're about to hire. On, mm-hmm. um, you know, I even had a client last week when I showed up, she's like, ah, I see you got your signature red shoes on. So that just said, like, you're paying attention to who I am and, and what I'm doing. You know, this brings up an interesting an interesting point. I'm so curious your, your take on this, which is I feel like early in our careers, we do what others are doing because it's just what has been demonstrated for us. And we're, we're kind of mirroring ourselves after. So if we see the person who does the fancy photos with a nice car or, you know, who, who, you know, dresses a certain way, we want to emulate that because we think that is the path to get to where we want to go. And then over time, I think we kind of hone in on that confidence, realize that's not me. I don't want to show up disingenuous. And we gain that confidence to show up as who we actually are. Is there something that we could be doing to build that confidence and showing up as who we are earlier in the process? So we don't have to go through the, you know, the, the 50 stages of emulating other people who aren't in alignment with our our own energy and, and really our own personality. You know, that, that is so great. And actually what's, what's so interesting about that question, James, is that I think it has to do with where you enter the space and who's mentoring and guiding you. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you may only like, I only saw one side, you know, to my mom and dad's business. And obviously 20 years ago, you know, real estate was a very, uh, you know, uppity, you know, that's, that's what was expected. And now, you know, again, it's back to building relationships. I'm not selling anything by what I look, what I drive how I show up. It's about how I show up as a person, as a guide to the process. And I think that people in the real estate business, they look at what everybody else is doing and they try to emulate that. And I, this is a big topic for me when it comes down to the business, you need to know, um, actually there was a, on my podcast on outside the box, we talked about know who you are and know who you aren't when you start. So who are you internally? And that's who you should want to be in everything you do rather than trying to, it's the comparison problem, right? We get into a new industry, we get into something you're constantly comparing and social media does a total disservice to us that. So if you're spending a bunch of time on social media, comparing yourself to what everybody else is doing, stop it. Be who you are and do the things that, that you do good so that you can, you can shine as only you can shine. And so, you know, I remember, um, you know, Kyle, you know, who's, who's an agent and my media producer, super sharp kid, like just sharp kid. And when I met him, he'd already been in the real estate business a year, but he was emulating a lot of the things that he had seen from different real estate agents, from podcasts, from different people but he didn't see the other side that, Hey, I can show up and be me and still do this business. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be done this way. And, you know, in the real estate business, um, and I don't know how to equate it. Like on your side, it's like, it's a very, um, 
transactional based business. So when the goals come out and the leaderboards and I'm number one and I'm a one percenter and I did X amount of transactions, the last time I checked, none of my clients are going, yeah, you know, Steve's a great agent. He's like number one. Actually, they're like, Steve was awesome because he did this for us. And, you know, he's a really great guy. And this is, you know, this is how he responded in different situations. Nobody gives a shit in my world from the consumer side. Like if I asked you, James, when you go to buy your next house, does it really matter if I sold one house or 150 houses or that I'm on the leaderboard? Or does it matter that I can service the need that you have? You hit the nail on the head. All I care about is, are you going to solve my problem? Are right. you the person that I trust enough to solve my issue? Right. The only thing that comes from that aspect is, yes, I've done all these transactions, which means I'm very experienced in what I do. And that's all that matters. The consumer is just looking for you know the experience part in some cases, but I find it interesting. So we go back to the relationships. My dad used to say this all the time and I loved it and I still use it with my agents. It's better to be there than to be good. If you're good at building a rapport and building a relationship, you can be successful at any sort of sales job. It doesn't matter how much experience you have or how good you are. You know, I got, I'll never forget a couple of years ago, I had a coaching call and she's 23 years old. She's a new agent and she had just sold a five and a half million dollar house to somebody. I'm like, I've never done that. It just had to, you know, it was her first sale. I'm like, huh, must be nice to get in the business and make 200 and some odd thousand dollars on your first sale and not know anything. But it all goes back to she built a rapport. She had a relationship and that's what made her good. Mm -hmm. It's, I think about, uh, there was a, a book uh, by Hugh McLeod and Hugh McLeod is this very satirical, often angry uh, comic artist. And for, I mean, it has to be at least 20 years. He's been drawing little comics on these three by four index cards, you know, just, just an index card that you can get at any store. And he's been drawing these little comics and he's been posting them online on a, on a blog called the gaping void. And he gets asked sometimes, you know, like, well, what you do, it's not, there's nothing that magic about it. You just draw little satirical comments on these three by four index cards and you post them online that that's pretty much it he says yeah but anyone can copy what i do that's okay they have 20 years to catch up and i look at them like okay there's someone who knows who they are and what their platform is they have confidence in it and i can look at that like my my role is is a health and fitness photographer you know i've i've been doing this for close to two decades i've shot more than 500 magazine covers in in that time frame if you want to try to do that that's fine good luck i've i have i have all this behind me that you have to catch up to should you do this but all of that and, you know, the reason I bring that up is like, this is about owning your own platform. This is about not trying to emulate what someone else is doing, because guess what? That platform's already taken and it's it's getting a lot more crowded. It's about finding your own platform, what you bring 
to the mm-hmm. marketplace that that differentiate you. And then once you do that, then as you said, it's not just about the experience because experience can be overrated. It's about showing up. You know, I can look at why I didn't get a job, but someone else got hired. Well, what did they do to build that relationship more than what I did? And right. I guarantee they they invested a lot more into building the relationship than I did. It wasn't because they had more experience. It wasn't because they they were offering a better solution. It's because they showed up more than I showed up almost every single time. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, somebody, somebody was hungrier. Right. Um, but I think that, you know, it's, um, you make some great points there. And I think that that's where I show up is the, the real estate space, you know, like not in your particular photography, cause you do some incredible work on your side of things, but you know, there's a lot of photographers out there, right. Um, just like real estate, they always make a joke. There's more real estate licenses than driver's licenses in Arizona. Cause everybody's got <laughs> one. And, but <clears throat> my goal with, with my business was how do I stand out and do things different and give people the options and really ask the questions and what they want to accomplish. Because most of the time when you have that call, it's, it's directly related to a sale and I want to know what you want to accomplish. And by the way, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can skin the cat. And so I love being able to go through and kind of not manipulate, but help them drive through the the turmoil and how to get from point A to point B. And it also comes with just some craziness. Uh, you know, I hope you don't mind. I just want to share. It's like one of the things which was so awesome. I was texting back and forth with some good friends and clients last night, but this is the kind of crazy stuff that the resources and relationships that I've created over the years is now giving me the ability to solve bigger problems for people. And so we've got these friends of ours. He served two tours in Iraq. She's a school teacher and like one of the poorer school districts. They're just great, hardworking people. And he's a VA buyer. He's also, you know, Phoenix police officer. And so this market that we're living in is crazy. And for them, it was really hard to compete with multiple offers and all these different things. And finally, I'm just like, you know what, after six months, James, they got beat out on like 18 houses we wrote offers on because he's a VA buyer and, you know, VA loans are a little bit harder to do. So I finally just gathered up my resources and I just said, screw it. And I told Erica, my partner, I'm like, just go buy him a house. And she's like, what? I'm like, yeah. So the next house that they like, I said, we're going to pay cash for the house. We're going to do some renovations for them. And then we're going to sell it back to them done. And everybody's going to be happy. And we're just, we're just going to beat out with a cash side. And so I was over there giving them grief, looking at the house. Cause it's almost done. But she sent me this sweet text message. She's like, there's no way in this market. Will we be able to do what we do without you going outside the box and figuring it out for us? And those are the things like, that's what I love about what we do right now is just reaching out and figuring something different out. And it's nothing's traditional that I do. Everything is outside the box. And how do we figure it out? And how do we come up with a solution that works best for this person based on the variables? I mean, if we were to take all of this, I mean, really the, the secret of sales is that it's not really a secret, but if you build better relationships and if you build more relationships, unequivocally, you are going to make more sales. Agreed. And I think if you can solve, you know, if you, the, 
the bigger the problem you solve, the more money you make, the more audience you have by being able to solve those problems in that, that industry. That right there was a mic drop. The bigger the problem you solve, the more money you're going to make solving it. Steve, where can, where can our listeners go to be able to learn more about you and be able to connect with you? Uh, Instagram is at Steve D Valentine. Uh, same thing with Facebook. Uh, those are my, my main platforms. And then, uh, that's pretty much, pretty much it. I mean, it's just, uh, all kinds of chaos with family and real estate there. Steve, you are such a, a, just a resource and wealth of information. Just so grateful that, that we can have this conversation. I mean, I'm literally sitting here, just, you had so many amazing statements, uh, that, that I will steal and claim as my own. So thank you for that. I love it. I love it. Rip off and duplicate, right? R and D. <laughs> but, but, but in, in, in the most sincere, like I, I'm so grateful for you because you do share so much and you always find ways to go above and beyond and to serve, to serve audiences. So just, just very thankful for that. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Image. For more information on James Patrick's work and live events, please visit jamespatrick.com or jamespatrickworkshops.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.